0: If there's one thing that this pandemic has done more than anything else, it's made a lot of people angry. Truth be told, you can count me among the ones that have been. It is a slow process. And what's bothering me almost as much as my own feelings are the ones that I've been seeing most especially on social media, Facebook particularly battling over everything in the world, Republican versus Democrat, and all points in between. I have not gotten involved, I've tried not to at least, get involved in things like this. And I really, I think, needed to take some time to think about where I stood with regard to a lot of issues related to but not including the pandemic. Tonight here on the podcast, I wanna share these with you. I'm gonna wait until the second segment to do it. In the first, I learned a little bit of history from a Sunday morning piece that I wanted to let you in on. It's about a time in the United States where we've had almost as much division as we have right now. So I want to give you a little bit of history to start with and then speak from my own heart, my own way of thinking soon after that. Let's get down to brass tacks and let's do so on the other side of this break. Terry Runyon here from the New Directions podcast, wanting to remind you once again that I have my own Facebook page for this show. It's the New Directions podcast at RKC70. It details features that I will be sharing on the show, some that I've shared already, and gives you opportunities, if you so choose, to suggest some things to talk about along the way, too. So please take a moment whenever you're on Facebook and stop by the New Directions podcast at RKC70 and have a look around, and I hope you enjoy what you see. To set things up a little bit tonight, Toby Keith is going to join Merle Haggard for a version of a Hag Classic. The fighting side of me. The Hag along with Toby Keith, you're walking on the fighting side of me. I stumbled across this piece that was originally from last Sunday's edition of Sunday Morning. That I think we all, and I don't care what party you represent, I don't care what riots have started, I don't care about any of that. I think we need to listen to this, and I think we need to listen close. Jane Pauly, take it away. That is in tune we get four, three, two, one. From Sunday morning. From the Sunday morning show. Here is Jane Pauly.
1: Here's a new contender for worst year in living memory, and 2020 is barely half over, but not so fast. Your senior contributor Ted Koppel.
2: By almost any measure, 1968 was a terrible year for the United States, the bloodiest year in terms of
3: U.S. casualties in Vietnam. Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight.
2: The assassination of Martin Luther King, which sparked rioting and arson in our inner cities. And then, a few weeks later, came the killing of Bobby Kennedy. That summer, the Democratic Convention in Chicago was all but overshadowed by pitched battles between police and anti-war demonstrators.
4: I think our parents certainly felt that it was never going to be the same again. And that's how I feel now. I mean, I feel great despair.
2: Kathleen Parker would grow up to become a Pulitzer Prize-winning
4: columnist. It's across the board where we feel that no one is really quite in charge and how in fact do we want to see someone in charge.
2: Anna Quinlan who would go on to win her own Pulitzer Prize for commentary from a more liberal perspective than Parker, was in 1968 in high school. In addiction,
1: counselors say all the time that people don't stop self-destructive behavior until they've hit bottom. And sometimes I wonder if this is the United States of America hitting bottom in some ways. And that, therefore, what history tells us, that from hitting bottom, we can only
2: go up. He would rise to become the highest-ranking officer in the U.S. military. Our strategy to go after this army is very, very simple. And, ultimately, Secretary of State. At one point, Colin Powell was a likely Republican candidate for president. But in 1968,
5: he was a young Army major serving in Vietnam. And uh, the country was a mess. And remember also that we were entering a period where we were still in the Cold War, and we were entering a period where we were going to have uh, disappointments in our president and the vice president. And uh, we had to let Mr. Agnew go, and then Nixon went. I thought that was about the worst time in my life and in, my, in watching the country. But I'll tell you what, uh, the current situation I'm close to matching it.
2: This is, uh, Senator Tom Daschle represented South Dakota for three terms between 1987 and 2005. For 10 years, he led Senate Democrats as both minority and Senate
6: majority leader. But in 1968... From the air, the scene looked unreal. You know, I was in college at the time, and it was my very first trip to Washington. So I have vivid memories of seeing 14th Street and the National Guard out on the streets, and the burning buildings, and just the extraordinary chaos that was so pervasive. I think the big difference between then and now is how functional government was even under those times versus how dysfunctional it is today. We had a president who was not very popular, primarily because of Vietnam, but, uh, was an extraordinary leader on domestic issues now we see enormous dysfunction almost complete paralysis except i would say for the the four COVID bills that have been passed uh, for the most part uh, congress is just not working uh, as it should and we have of course a president who is completely dysfunctional
2: 1968, Vietnam, and race were the unavoidable, often unbridgeable issues.
3: Our side! Our side! Our side!
2: Now it's race and the pandemic.
1: I mean, the rest of the world looks at us now. They used to look at us with with envy, and now I feel as though they look at us with horror and pity for our inability to get a handle on a pandemic that we, of all countries, should have been able to fight successfully.
2: If we can't get proper leadership at the federal level, well, then the states and the municipalities are just going to have to do it on their own. I ask you, as someone who has spent a lifetime
6: in governance,
2: is that even doable?
6: The short answer, Ted, is no. I think we've seen examples of good leadership at the gubernatorial and state level, even at the local level at times, and I think they can offset some of the shortcomings of not having national leadership. But you need a national strategy. You need national resources. You need national policy. You need some way of ensuring that the whole country at large is on the same page.
2: Tom Daschle, the moderate Democrat, and Colin Powell, the centrist Republican, are relics of another political age when compromise was rare but still possible. Would you want to be taking
5: over control of the government right now? I would just as soon not have to, uh, and no one's about to ask me, but I share your view that COVID is one of the worst things I've ever seen uh, happen to the country because it's not being dealt with properly. I mean, uh, this is a disease, this is the condition that is affecting every single part of the United States of America and the rest of the world for that matter. And so I believe what we ought to be doing is having a national plan, not each state and each different county going about it their own way, but a national plan executed by the federal government so that we all are doing the same thing.
4: It's going to take a remarkable person, leader or groups of leaders across the nation to figure out how to bring this this very diverse uh country but i still i think ultimately i have to be optimistic because for the united states right we have to come back
2: when you talk about great leadership we're down to two candidates now yeah Do you see great leadership
4: so no i don't see uh don't see it yet president uh trump you know has been a huge disappointment on so many fronts, but the worst, I think, is the, the fact that he has no qualms about saying things that are intended to disunify the country, intended to antagonize certain groups, and in- intended to marginalize certain groups. So, he's been so bad for this country and so toxic um, in all those ways, and we can't move forward until we are one again. So, The best hope we have right now, I think, is Joe Biden, and that's not to endorse him as a candidate. It's just simply to point out the facts of what we have and what we have to work with going forward. Where
2: do we go after Election Day when there are going to be tens of millions of people who say, I not only don't like the way this turned out, I don't believe the way it turned out?
1: I think that there is going to be an unparalleled pressure on national leaders in this country. And I'm I'm not just talking about whoever's president of the United States. I'm talking about members of the Senate, governors, um, leaders of nonprofit and good government organizations to speak in some sort of non-toxic way, to try to step back from the Twitterverse, which as far as I'm concerned has become in many ways the equivalent of the writing on the walls of a public restroom, a a, a venue in which people say things to and about people that they would never say if they were looking them in their eyes.
2: On balance, come 2021, 2022, is this gonna be a good place to live? My
1: two elder grandchildren are half Chinese. My new grandson is a quarter black therefore they look like America and I have hopes for that America but I'm not sure that that's the America of 2021 but when I look at those kids and I think of the future I don't have any choice but to be hopeful
0: what you just heard there to end that segment was something that has not really been very prevalent and that's optimism one thing before i go any further let me share with you one disclaimer that piece that you just heard will be and i promise you this right here and now the only time you hear either political candidates name. I went away from that to play this piece for you. I will not and I promise you going forward I will not do that again. Now, the way it stands now and I'm going to say this to lead into the second segment. Geographically speaking, we are the United States of America. But from what I've personally seen over the last few months, we are not united at all. We are divided. And I have said and I've pleaded through prayers... And done everything I know how to do in this format for us to finally realize that we need to come together to solve this. To find the vaccine, the vaccine that will ultimately, and I'll underline the word ultimately, put an end to the coronavirus. I'm hoping that that day will come sooner rather than later. But I refuse to listen to any more predictions about this. Because from my vantage point here on the podcast, nobody has any idea whatsoever. You could give me any expert you could. From the people that are around the President of the United States to to your average John and Jane Q public on the street nobody knows and that's the frustrating time that I don't that gets to me about this there's a lot that I do not like but there's nothing I can change about that right now I understand that you've heard me say it enough When I get into the next segment, which I will very soon, I'm going to share with you, and I want those of you who wanna know where I stand with this to listen very closely, because this will be the one and only time that I share what I feel about anything unrelated to the local area. There'll be a lot that I share about Kansas City as well. Am I perfect about this? Absolutely not. But I'm gonna share pretty much everything from the heart in the second segment, which will come up on the other side of this break. They are Kansas City's first broadcast station. And in my view, the best. Say they're working for you, they mean it. My friends at Fox 4KC. The hag's gonna give us something else to think about. Here he is with our, are the good times really over.
7: Back before else, Before the Vietnam War Came along Before the Beatles And
6: yesterday When a man Could still work still
7: would It's the best time free life behind us now the good time's really over for good I wish coke was still cold and a joint was a bad place to be it was back before Nixon lied to us all on peace before microwave ovens, when a girl could still cook, it still would. It's the best of free life behind us now. The good times really over for good. i We would still last ten years like they should, the best of the free life behind us now, the good time really over for good, stop rolling down. Ten years like they should Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come The good times ain't over for good
0: I really want to believe the last part of that song the hag just sang. And I'm going to be of that belief. I really don't believe the good times are over for good. But it is frustrating to me, going through the year that we're going through now, that the fun things that we enjoy the most have either been reduced to almost nothing or taken away from us rest assured though my friends I have been able to find ways to keep going it just has not been as easy to do. I've been able to put most especially the podcast together. When playing music and been talking with folks on Zoom. Matter of fact, my best friend and fan of the show friend of the show, Dan Leach, has been my most frequent guest since I moved to the podcast. We've been able to keep things going and thanks to those of you who have listened to these even into this second season, I am very much glad that you were able to do so. Now, and I first of all promise you that when I go into this, it is going to be, I will say the following things I'm getting ready to say as calmly as I possibly can. There's no sense anymore in getting mad at any of this. It's going to continue. Although, I personally would wish that the division would stop and stop soon. But, Beggars can't be choosers, and the divisions still go on. So, with this in mind, I want to share with you my own personal beliefs on most especially three issues. One, one, the BLM movement, Black Lives Matter I understand the fact that riots have been picking up since George Floyd, I think his name was was killed by a white policeman in Minnesota but answer me this I realize you're upset about it, I realize there's racism, again my head is not in the sand. But why, but ask yourself one question. Does it do you any good to damage property? I submit to you the answer to that question would be no. I'm not going to say what should be done or anything like that, I'm just giving you the way I stand. It isn't right. And as far as the statues are concerned, the monuments that have been taken down, I don't care what party you are, but you are very definitely jumping the gun in my view. You were probably best served to learn a little more history in school. And I will grant you, I wasn't a very good student. I could have learned a lot more. What we're learning now, well, Who knows, who knows whether the information is accurate or not. I've heard the tomb fake news so often that I'm like, wait a second. Something, something is amiss. And I find myself saying this, and I've said this to the, my friends on Royals Nation from time to time when things get posted. I say, consider the source. You're taking down monuments, you're taking down history. And that is something that really is a no-no. You should not do that at all. I am going to take a look, just a second here. Knocking down a few things. And somebody had some words i'm going to go ahead at this point and share those before i go any further with other issues i'm on my podcast page facebook page now and somebody had a very some very a very interesting piece that they had found i guess and i'm still trying to find it this is this is something that especially holds true with regard to the protests and the monuments. Peaceful protests versus violent ones. The ones that you see the most on television are the violent ones. I don't know the reason why people would go out of their way to damage something that makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And it really doesn't make any sense. And I can't stand for that. I really can't. I'm not in a position to say, this is what's going to be done about it, I realize. But I honestly do not believe that viol- that. First of all, damaging property is the way to solve anything. You can't do that. I'm sorry guys, you can't. I'm still trying to find the peace. There'll be some other stories that I'll be sharing with you over the course of the next few days. One of the stories I will mention, it'll be on the backside of tomorrow night, will be about Guy Fieri and the city of Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to read through the following piece twice. And this is something that I may be using even in final thoughts quite a bit. And this is, we, we need to hear this. And if you're where you can hear me right now, these are the words. We can remove flags and statues all day. But until we figure out how to remove the hate in people's hearts, nothing will change. Let me read that one more time. We can remove flags and statues all day. And I'll add an extra, come up with reasons to do it. But until we figure out how to remove the hate in people's hearts, nothing will change. The final thing I want to talk about in this segment is the National Anthem. I'm hearing that that song may be altered a little bit this upcoming NFL season. That is a dumb move. I remember reading when I was in Cub Scouts as a kid, there was a Wolf Cub Scout book about sing- Well, one of the achievements you had to get badges and scouts was singing. And they talked about, at the very beginning of that, of that chapter, about the Star-Spangled Banner, which is our national anthem. We sing it because we love our country. It kind of seems to me that the folks that are against singing it now, I don't think love this country too much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the way I'm seeing it again from this side. I was a photographer at Kauffman Stadium between the 2012 and 14 seasons. And one of the first things that our photography boss told us was that every activity, let me underline those two words, every activity did not happen during the National Anthem. The National Anthem, we sing, as I said in the Wolf Scout book, Cub Scout book, because we love our country. And I would like to believe, my friends, that more people here in these divided United States, divided states, excuse me, at least love this country, although they're in battles that, I think they're trying a little too dang hard to try to win. My stance on the national anthem? You need it. Robin? Robin, would you be so kind as to take it away?
7: Can you see By the dawn's early light What so proudly we hate At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight Oh, the parts we watched were so gas gall-
0: And oh, by the way, to those who seem to think you're supposed to kneel, okay, maybe you do have your reasons. But I was trained to stand, my friends. And I think a lot of folks were trained to do the very same thing. Don't you dare change the national anthem. Don't you dare change history. You're only going to ruin yourselves if you do. And as far as the elections and what people, other people believe and all that, I'm going to let you be you. And we're going to continue giving you Kansas City radio variety here on the New Directions podcast. A look ahead to tomorrow night and our Get Us Out of Here song, which I think is appropriate, our next. Tomorrow night on the podcast, I'm going to share with you a couple of food stories. One of them related to Food Network host Guy Fieri in the city of Columbus, Ohio. And last but not least, we're going to move back local and talk about a brewery that's opening in Mission. We'll hit both of them tomorrow night here on the New Directions podcast. For tonight, that's going to wind things up. We'll see you tomorrow night. Charlie, get us out of here.
3: Jokey politicians and crime in the street No matter the hell And I ain't gonna take it no we we'll tell our kids Just say no And let some panty-waste judge Let some drug dealer go Snaps him on the wrist And it turns it back out on the tank. But if I had my way With people selling dope I'd Take a big tall tree And a short piece of rope I'd hang on her behind a little swing